Any requests? Do you know any podcasts? Oh, how about this one? It's Schmanners. husband host Travis McElroy and I'm your wife host Teresa McElroy and you're listening to Schmanners it's extraordinary etiquette for ordinary occasions hello my dove hello dear how are you you know what um when we go on the road can I have a recliner on stage yes this is what people at home cannot see my wife (laughs) is 180 degrees parallel to the ground I'm very comfortable and you know what y'all can't say nothing because she's pregnant and uh, a hard-working uh, don't put up with nothing, lady, who deserves to lay down when she wants to. Ergo, I would like one of these on tour, please. Well, Paul would have to move it around, so you'll have to talk to him. <laughs> okay, I'll work some magic on Paul. Yeah. Hey, hi. Hi. I love you. I love you, too. Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? Okay. Okay, so we're going to talk about street performing, or as it's fun called, if you want to use the fun word, busking. Yes. Now, have you ever had like a standout busking experience? Hmm. Not anything that I can recall specifically, but I do know that I feel a lot more um, inspired to give money to people who are performing instead of um, instead of people who are just asking for money. I have two standout memories that I always think about. One was um, on the subway in New York, hearing two gentlemen sing uh, "This is uh, Doves When Doves Cry" mm. a cappella, and just destroying it. Like the whole car was like clapping along, and they passed around a hat, and I imagine made bank. And the other one, which is not quite that, uh, my family and I were walking around Philadelphia, and I want to say I was about, like, 15, and this guy stopped us and said, hey, do you want to see something? And we were like, uh, and he was like, I do something the whole family can enjoy. Backflips. And he did a standing backflip. And we were like, cool. And, like, gave him 10 bucks. It was awesome. (laughs) That could have ended very differently. Listen, I know, but it was a standing backflip, and it was awesome. That's pretty cool. Yes. So what is, I guess, the history of street performing? Um, so there's a book called Passing the Hat, Street Performers in America, written by Patricia J. Campbell, who has summed it up very perfectly, says, the history of busking is the history of urban civilization. There have been street performers at least as long as there have been streets. Oh, that makes sense. Certainly. Um, But the first, like, written records we have of busking uh, is in medieval Europe. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's where you have a a large concentration of people in a small area. So, like, think about castle courtyards and such. Um, People would perform in plazas, in the public square, and things like that. Um, In fact... Some medieval jesters were probably just like street performers and the nobles were like, 
hey, that's pretty cool. Come and do that for me personally. Okay. That would be, I think, if I lived in that time. Sometimes when I fantasize about time travel, I like to think like, and I would become a medieval lord. Like I'd go back in time and everybody would be so impressed with me because like, you know, I bathed. But in reality, <laughs> I would probably be a jester, right? Like probably. if you look at the career trajectory I'm on now, mm-hmm. it does not end with me being a noble lord. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. Um, and so... It has developed from um, people just kind of performing on the street. Not, I wouldn't say randomly, but as uh, as themselves for themselves. Um, there was also where uh, local merchants would hire people to do the sort of those sort of things outside of their businesses uh-huh. to draw customers in. That makes total sense. I could see that. You know, they still do that now. This is going to yes. sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. Uh, the, what I'm specifically thinking of is radio DJs, you know, getting hired by like, uh, you know, when a new place opens or like a car dealership or something called remotes and you go into a remote broadcast from in front of it so people will come down to get free prizes or free tickets mm-hmm. or whatever to draw up business for the thing. Not only that, but I think that probably, what, every six months some video goes viral of someone standing on a street corner like doing that whole like sign flipping oh, yeah, business, right? That's definitely that what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to have talent to do that and... If a business hires you to do it, you do a great job. You could go viral. You, and th- isn't that the dream? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's not my dream. Is it? It's somebody's dream. It's okay. somebody's dream. Go on. All right. Um, so it's pretty much remained unchanged as far as uh, Europe goes, right? Um, people make their living singing, dancing, playing music on street corners, either hired by a shop or not. But one of the things that's unique about the American experience is uh, it busking became a very nuanced business when circuses started to move from coast to coast. Um, so the circus performers, when they weren't performing with the circus... They were out drumming up business for the circus. Not only that, but, you know, making money on oh, the side. Themselves. Yes, I know. I've seen Greatest Showman, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure that happens in. I don't know. I saw it when I was plain drunk. You know what I mean? So I don't remember it. I, you know, I, I was in that pressurized air. You know, you get it. I don't I, remember. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I wasn't there. I don't think I watched Greatest Showman. Not yet. Not. No. Yet. Well, I'll make you watch it. Don't oh, okay. you worry. <laughs> Okay, but in America, like I, in the U.S., like I said, um, one of the things that New York City is known for now is the busking community. And that was around the time of the turn of the century, right? When German and Italian immigrants brought an influx of street performers with them. Um and people like organ grinders mm-hmm. became popular, singers and, and things like that um, flourished until about 1923. Yeah, because I also have to imagine when I think about when I think of like street performers, right? Another one I think about is like, you know, mime or like physical 
performers, you know, mm-hmm. human statues, that kind of thing. And that fits very much almost into like a Commedia del, del Art kind of thing, right? Absolutely. So like that tracks with, with the influx of uh, European immigrants and everything bringing a lot more of that like physical comedy, physical performance mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and at that height, like I said, about 1923, uh, the New York City License Department reported that there were 800 organ grinders and musicians performing on the streets of New York at any given time. That's a lot of organ grinders. Yeah. Not saying that they were only 800. What I'm saying is... At any given moment. At any given moment. <laughs> there are 800 on the street. Wow. Wow. That's kind of right. like the original gig economy, if you think about it. It's not really... Anyways, go on. Don't mind me, folks. <laughs> okay. Um, things were on the up and up. You could make a living until uh, a mayor that you will probably recognize. Um, in Rudy 19- Giuliani. No. Okay. <laughs> in 1936, Fiorello LaGuardia. Oh, yeah. He also built that airport. Or at least it's named after him. It's named after him. And that's where he was buried. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> he banned street performance, huh. saying it was for beggars and the city would not tolerate it. Okay. I'm going to give that two thumbs down. Yeah, me too. Boo. Um, so, uh, it became illegal, right? And in the 40s, it really took a hit. Not only were there people who were doing it, I mean, people continue to do it illegally. Yes. But the quality of performance went down um, because... Well, yeah, I had to imagine once you make it illegal and and it becomes more difficult to make a living, those people who would have performed on the street, right, now they're going other places or trying to perform only other places. So the only people who would still be performing on the street are people who can't get work other places. Right, right. right. Um, that and like you know, general wartime stuff made people desperate for coin. So they played broken instruments or sang on the run. And it's really sad. Anyway, all of this turned around um, in the late 50s, early 60s because of the hippie movement. Okay. People were moving westward. What is it? Westward, my son. What? No, I don't Carry on my wayward side. No, that's not it. Go west, young man. Sure, that one. There it is. (laughs) A lot of these hippies had guitars, not much else, um, but they sang a lot of folk tunes, and it was part of the scene of the time, so like the beatniks, yes, if you will. Um, And in fact... uh, there was a, a beatnik riot. Oh, I know, right? Uh, so, okay, April sixteenth, nineteen sixty-one, folk musicians crowded Washington Square Park and began to sing the national anthem all together. Um, sit, and they sang this because they argued that the commissioner at the time, who had outlawed um, outlawed busking in Washington Square Park. Um, they, they did this because they were protesting their first and 14th amendments. Um, and this, like I said, was, uh, it was labeled the beatnik riot. Although I I keep waiting for the riot part. There wasn't much rioting. No, they were singing the national anthem. And then lots of people were arrested. Huh. Okay. Um, 
But this is credited as the beginning of the anti-authority trend for the rest of the 1960s. Oh, wow. Okay. And and I love that part of the anti-authority trend began with them singing the, singing the national anthem. It's, yep. Listen, that, folks, that's poignant. That That's making a point right there, and I appreciate it. Okay. So um, there were different influxes of groups using it as combination uh, business and protest until the 70s when the ban was finally lifted. Um, but you still couldn't sing on the subway, subway wow. platforms. Um, I mean, but people did it anyway. Yeah. And I, it's almost like maybe the police might have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, in a little city like New York. Um, for a while, there was kind of like... Sure, you can sing on the subway, but you can't use amplification. Amplification. That's it. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) there was an article I read that had a a really funny visual of uh, a police officer chasing a guitar player with a decibel reader. (laughs) That is funny. Which doesn't make any sense because as soon as a train goes by, the decibels are off the scale anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, so now New York City uh, is pretty much still known as the American hub of street performing and busking. Um, But like there are different municipalities and different boroughs who still use um, like licensing and permits and public versus private property and things all like that to kind of keep a lid on things, I guess. In L.A., at least on the Santa Monica Piers, I'm thinking about, they have, like, the little stars, and they're, like, numbered spots. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you get a spot to, like, street perform on Santa Monica Pier, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's what I think about when I think about, like, yes, you can perform, but, like, this is where you do it and that kind of thing. Exactly. I think it's great. Listen, I love street performers. Even the weird ones. Even the human statues. <laughs> we saw one of those when we were in... Uh... Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, in the Venetian, uh, in the mall, they have people do human statues to look like Venetian statues. It's really cool. And yeah, a little off-putting, but it's still cool. I like it. BB was not impressed. No, that's hard. That's a hard concept for a two-year-old to be like, oh, that, that statue is a human being, you say. Cool, cool. I'm going to go stand <laughs> with them. Like, it's not. They don't quite. It doesn't work out that way. If anything, she was as off-put as I was, but with less context. Right. Uh, so some real quick do's and don'ts before we get into questions. Okay. Um. Hey, give a dollar if you are inspired to stop and watch the performance. Um, I'm sure that that is the thing that we will come back to many times in the question section, too. But yeah. Absolutely. Um, also, these buskers are people, too. Uh, if they're taking a break, feel free to ask them a question, suggest a song, something like that. Um, not while they're working in the way of like in the middle of a tune or something. But, uh, you know, like I said, they're people, too, um, and do understand that this is their job. And if you can't give them anything, sometimes you can ask if they have a social media account that you can follow, or um, if you do take a picture or take a video, I also suggest that you donate something. Um, Or at the very least, like, 
be able to tag them in it if they do have a social media account. Exactly. Exactly. Credit. Credit them in some way. Yeah. Give credit where credit's due. Um, and for some don'ts, hey, don't heckle. That's well, not yeah, nice. Yeah, that's true in all things. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Unless someone's really no. Mm. Mm, listen, here's where here's the one time I it think might be a, part of the game. If everybody's in on the game, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, listen, this is me, Travis McGraw, speaking as an individual, not as a co-host of an etiquette show. If someone is doing like something incredibly problematic or like saying something deeply, deeply offensive, I think it's okay to say that is not okay. That is offensive, and then leave. I don't think that's heckling, though. Oh, yeah, I think it is. If you're at, like, a comedy show and someone's, like, I think it's okay. But that's me, Travis McRoy, individual, not Travis McRoy, etiquette advocate. I have no idea what the etiquette is on it, but I think if someone's saying something horrible, you could say something and then walk right out of that comedy club or wherever. Okay. Okay. Um, also, don't make change in the busker's, like, tip jar. No. There might be circumstances where, say, you have a $10 bill and you are only intending on giving $5 to a person. Perhaps if you ask, can you make change, they will allow that. Yes. Don't just like reach into their money. That's shady business, right? Because you know what your intention is. But there are probably plenty of people who would do that as like a scam and throw in a one and make change by taking money out. Don't do that. Exactly. It looks bad. And again, if you if you don't have any money, but you are um, you're enjoying the performance, do stay back um, and like don't reach for your wallet. That gets people's hopes up. Uh, but stay back so that the people who can donate for the performance uh, can get to the the hat, the tip jar, whatever it is. Hey, let's talk more about etiquette when okay. we answer some questions. But first. How about a thank you note for our sponsors? Great. Schmanners is sponsored in part this week by uh, Quip. Ah, Quip first. Then we'll do Zola, which was the word I was about to say, because I like <laughs> saying both of those words a lot. Quip and Zola are They're good both words. very funny words. They're great, and I love them. But first, Quip. Listen, you got to brush your teeth. I, I hate to nag you about this, listener. We gotta brush your teeth. Now that I'm over my morning sickness, I'm back to my twice a day habit. And listen, I wear an Invisalign retainer now, so I brush my teeth and my fake teeth, and it's great. And here's the thing, Quip makes it easy. Because listen, most of us don't do it right, or don't do it long enough, or whatever, or we use those like electric toothbrushes that beat up our teeth, and you know, like are all bulky and feel weird to use, but not Quip. Quip is an electric toothbrush that's gentle on your teeth, and gets the job done, and is compact enough that you don't feel like a, I don't know, like a, I don't know, like some kind of monster using it. Okay, yeah, there we go. It has a timer in it, a built-in two-minute timer to let you know when to switch movements and when, what? Switch movements? What are you even talking about? Switch sure, segments. Sure, switch the movements of your face. Sure. And it'll let you know when you've done it long enough, because listen, none of us both brush our teeth long enough, and... They will send you a new brush head every three months so that you are replenishing your brush head because also we don't do that enough. Listen, Quip is great. They'll send those replacement brush heads for just $5. Uh, listen, if you're not doing Quip, what are you even doing at this point? I don't know what else to tell you. It's perfect for getting back into a routine. And it starts at just $25 and 
Uh, if you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free. Oh, I should also mention before I finish, my favorite toothpaste I've ever had in my entire I life. I do love that toothpaste. And it's have, refreshing, but not like overpowering. Right. And now they have kids toothpaste and kids toothbrushes too. Hey, yeah. going to check those out. Uh, so that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash schmanners. Schmanners is also sponsored in part, as Travis mentioned, by Zola this week. Um, Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, an easy wedding registry, affordable invite suites, and more. Um, you can take care of everything from A to Z at Zola. Oh, I get it. You guys can have that. I made that up for you. Oh, man, you're so great. You can also register for honeymoon funds and gift cards along with physical gifts. Here's the thing that I love the most about the Zola site. I really like, and we've mentioned this before, I like how uh, if you put a large gift or a large like honeymoon goal or whatever, it you're... The people you invite and want to give you gifts can take off a chunk at a time. No one feels like they have to pay for the whole thing. I don't know, whatever you're doing, swimming with dolphins or whatever, right? You don't have to do that because Zola makes it easy to parcel it out in affordable chunks. Also, if you've registered for uh, physical gifts other than uh, maybe they're maybe they're big, maybe they're small, you can choose the way that you ship them. Um, you can ship them directly to the couple. You can ship them to uh, yourself and then give it to them yourself. Like all this kind of stuff. Especially great if you're doing like a destination wedding, right? Yeah. Especially great. Sh ship it straight to their house instead of like having to get it there and they lug it back or whatever. That's right. Um, so you can start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola when you go to zola.com slash schmanners. Well, Alexis, we got big news. Uh-oh. Season one, done. It's over. Season two, coming at you hot. Three years after. <laughs> three and a half. Season three one. Half. Technically right. almost four years. All right. And now, listen, here at Can I Pet Your Dog, the Smash yes. podcast, our seasons run for three and a half years. <laughs> and then at season two, we come at you with new hot co-hosts named you. Hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> and we also have uh, field trip. Dog tech. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Celebrity guests. Oh, big shots. Will not let them talk about their resume. Nope. Only yeah, the dogs. Only the dogs. I mean, if ever you were going to get into Can I Pet Your Dog, now's the time. Get in here every Tuesday at MaximumFun.org. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, and like many of you, some more recent than others, I used to be a teenager. In fact, just about all of my friends were too, including wonderful women like Allison Brie. I'm dead center on the balance beam. And this is like a big gym. All the ki kids' parents are there watching. I have to stop. Like, you know, when you have to pee so bad and you can't even move. And then I just go. I just pee oh, right in the middle no. of the high balance beam. <laughs> so join me every week on the JV Club podcast where I speak with complicated, funny, messy humans as we reminisce about our adolescences and how they led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Okay, we've got some questions here. Are you ready for some questions? Yes. Okay, this is from Levi. 
Am I allowed to join in if I know the song and can harmonize pretty well? I don't want to cut. I just want to be involved. Hmm. You know, the thing is, not all performers are able to um, go with the flow mm-hmm. like that. And you'll probably really put them off if you if you just jump in without asking. Here's something that you can do. In between songs, if you want to suggest a song and say, hey, I like your style. I'd love to sing with you. Can you sing this song with me? Right. They will have the opportunity to say yes or no instead of the kind of awkward, uh, let's say, body language and eye contact that might come with, hey, man, this is my deal. And I'm I'm not quite sure what to do with you. Right. And I, I will also say this. Okay. One, I think that singing along to yourself is one thing. Singing, projecting to turn into a duet is another. Like, I think it's fine to sing along to a song. Yeah, that's right? it. That's showing your enthusiasm. Right. You're enjoying it. Uh, but I think to Teresa's point, if you, like, request a song to sing along with, you should tip pretty well. Absolutely. Right? Because now you're saying, provide an experience for me. Mm-hmm. And this question ties into that for Michelle. Can you make requests so long as you're prepared to tip? Absolutely. Right? Yes. Don't make it while they are doing a song or whatever it is that they're doing. Do it in between. Right. Um, because it's distracting for the audience. It's distracting for the performer. If you do it while they're trying to concentrate on what they're doing. I would also say when you're thinking of making a request, I you know, stick to standards, well-known things, right? You know, yeah, pretty... not everybody knows Wonderwall. Right. Well, no, everyone knows Wonderwall. Uh, I don't know if everybody I, knows I was Wonderwall. thinking more like, you know, obscure, a little bit more obscure than Wonderwall. Freebird. No, everyone knows Freebird. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm saying like... This band that only you and your friends have ever heard of, that you know, like maybe your other friends started. The Beatles? No, no Teresa. <laughs> Everyone knows the Beat. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, the Beatles is fine. Only certain Beatles, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, this question is from Dell. Uh, when seeing somebody street performing, and I like what they're doing, and I want to give them some money, how much do I give them? Um, I would say. It depends on how long you stay, right? Sure. Um, if you are going somewhere and you can only stop for a second, whatever you have in your pockets, fine. If it's a couple, if it's some coins, that's okay. If it's a dollar, that's fine. But the longer you stay, the longer you are taking up space in front of the performer that someone else who could drop a few coins could be in. Right. So I think that... Although it sounds like a lot, $20 is probably the max yeah. that I would give somebody. Um, if it were like the first question asked her said, if it was a highly personal experience and someone really went out of their way to make your day, totally. I'd give them a 20 Well, um, along those same lines, like, I would say the impact it has on you is also like... Right. Uh, I... We were in Scotland and we heard a performer do Country Roads. Oh, right? yeah. And that, like, that hit me, right? That was, it was very emotionally cathartic to me to be so far away from home and to hear, like, basically a love ballad to my home state was, like, really impactful for me. So I tipped very well because, like, I had, 
a huge like catharsis emotional moment you know what I mean so I would say like especially if you're like wow they're doing an amazing job or like this person is really giving it their all you know what I mean like that reward that kind of uh, behavior I would say yeah and it it really does scale up the longer you spend and the more you feel yes but I mean I think a dollar is fine if, I think it's one of those things if everyone gave a dollar you yeah know, it would be totally. a good day uh, this is from Elise how do I deal with a very loud street performer who is always playing outside my apartment late at night Ooh, this is tough I would say my advice just to start off with is to ask them nicely you know, if they would possibly consider moving to the corner um, or 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 to stop playing after 10. Right. I mean, you know, I, I think. But you also have to consider um, where do you live? Right. Do you live on a busy street in Hell's Kitchen in downtown New York? Then there are people out all hours of the night anyway. Mm. Right. Um, and so this this one performer who happens to be directly outside your apartment is just going where the people are. Yeah. Right. But say that you live. Well, if you live in Huntington. Uh-huh. Right. Um, then what is that person doing outside? There's no <laughs> one outside. Maybe there's a few bars down by Marshall that Maybe. are frequented. Maybe on a Friday. Right. So in that circumstance, perhaps you can speak to them and say, listen, this is not doing you any favors. It's not doing me any favors. Would you pick a different spot or at least stop playing after 10? I I think that in general, my first move would be to talk to them, right? Absolutely. Without being upset. Because here's the thing. The chances that they're doing it, at least because they're mad at you, (laughs) is very slight, right? Very slim. So I think that if you go to them and say, like, hey, um, I just wanted to ask if there was any possibility, you know, like, this is about the time that I'm asleep. And is there any way you could play across the street or, like, down a couple, you know, a couple yards that way or whatever. And you know what? I, I'm Chances are they'll be like, oh, yeah, of course, or whatever, right? If it ends up becoming a thing, maybe talk to, like, a building manager or something and see if there's, like, a route to go that way where the building could talk to them. Um, but, yeah, I think it's worth talking to them. Absolutely. There are lots of avenues to go down before you need to uh, call in a noise complaint to to the police. That is definitely not something to jump to. Uh, This is from AJ. How do I politely leave a performance if I'm the only one there or one of just a few watching? I always feel bad like I should stay and watch. Um, No street performer wants you to feel bad while you're standing there. (laughs) So stay as long as you can. Please do tip, especially if you've stayed for a while. But uh, a nice wave, a nod of the head, you can catch their eye, say thank you, like mouth thank you, and just go. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, is I'm sure that they want people to enjoy their music. Absolutely. But like once you've tipped, you know, like feel free to carry on your way, right? Yeah. That's what they're doing it for. Uh, like like service in a restaurant they're always trying to turn tables right so you standing there longer than you actually want to be there may be prohibiting someone else from coming up and standing and listening and donating now let me ask this okay one step further than this that's uh this question is from fawn what's the best way to deal with a busker playing music to you specifically 
do you have to stay for the whole song? After you tip? I don't think so. And also, here's the thing. This That's is, the acknowledgement of, I see what you're doing. Thank you very much. Here's some money. And then you can leave. They are also trying to, you know, catch your eye and engage right. you to get you to stop. Right? So, like, yes. that is a method of getting you to stop and listen and tip. Where right? were we? We were in Nashville? Sure. Oh, you wouldn't have. Okay. So, after Schmanners is over at a live show... Um, or and Sawbones. Sydney and I usually take all the kids back to the hotel because it gets kind of late at the live shows. And in Nashville, there was this busker who played guitar and sang, uh, you know, just little country ditties and started making them up about the little girls because they were all dressed so cute. Um, but these these children needed to be put to bed. So all we could really do is just kind of wave and say, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. But we never stopped. We kept walking. Mm. And there was no ill will. Like people understand if you can stop, you can stop. And if you can't, you can't. And that's fine. Uh, one last question here. This is from Marilee. What's the etiquette on dancing to Busker's music? I'm like a semi-professional dancer. And I usually want to dance along. But I'm worried that they might feel I'm trying to steal their thunder. Um. I think that this has to do with the circumstance, like say, I've seen those really cute videos of like in a plaza in Italy or whatever, like someone's playing a, an accordion and old people are dancing, right? He's playing their song. I think that's perfectly fine um, because it's a wide enough space, there's still space for the performer to feel like people can see them um, and they're dancing because they enjoy it not mm. because they're looking for tips as well yes I think that that's maybe the tricky thing there merely which is like if you're dancing in the crowd you know you're dancing it's great as soon as you make yourself a part of the show yeah right like the chances that you are stepping on their toes is higher than the chances of they're like this is it the missing energy I've been looking for Right, it always makes me think of that one Bob Bob's Burgers where Bob has the banjo, and like, oh. and Jimmy Jr. is doing his like musicals, the musical poems, and Bob's like, "This is it, my banjo moment," and like, that's the thing is like, I don't think that the busker is like, "Ooh, I really hope someone starts doing like a choreographed dance to this," right? Right. But if you're enjoying it and you're dancing for your own enjoyment, like in the crowd, I think that's fine. Totes. Look at it this way, right? If you went to a concert. Mm -hmm. you would dance in the audience, but you wouldn't hop up on the stage and start dancing with the performer, right? Unless you're Courtney Cox, right? Is that what happened? No, uh, she was still dancing in the crowd, and he called her up. Oh, he did? He did. She didn't That's just, part of like, the video, right? I don't know. That famous video, the Bruce... Anyway. Okay. But yes, don't hop up on stage. All right, so that's <laughs> going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Um, real quick, before we get anything else, uh, we are going to be... Uh, in Washington, D.C. and Pittsburgh uh, this week doing a tour. So if you have any ideas for uh, topics for maybe a show we could do, let us know. And if you have any ideas for topics in general, even if they're not Pittsburgh or D.C. related, feel free to email those to us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Also, I am going to be at New York Comic Con the first weekend in October. Uh, so keep an eye on travismacroy.com and I'll be sharing my schedule there. 
make sure to check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. You can also go to McElroy.Family to see all the other McElroy shows there and also find links to our merch and to tour dates. We also like to thank Brent, Brentofloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Twitter is where we reach out and get a lot of the listener-submitted questions for our shows. And you can watch at SchmannersCast um, and heed the call when we ask for those questions. Um, Also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for our cover uh, cover photo for the fan run Facebook group Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that group if you're looking to give and get excellent advice from other Schmanners fans. Also, thank you this week to our brilliant research assistant, Alex. Um, I I love reading all of her cute little notes, and she does a great job organizing my thoughts for this show. Oh, and I almost forgot this episode was a topic suggestion. Uh, from Simone. Simone recommended uh, busking and and music performing, and uh, I thank you so much. We love when we get um, when we get suggestions. So thank yeah. you, Simone. You send us a suggestion to uh, schmannerscast at gmail and we will do our best to say your name on our episode. Yeah, thanks, Simone. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.